Hey, everybody. Welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley, and I'm super excited for this week's show because we're talking about Ivan Reitman's evolution, which means I'm joined for this very special Ivan Reitman retrospective <laughs> Yeah, uh, by Adam Risky. Hey, Adam. You said you wanted evolution. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the reviews. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah, exactly. In 2001. I saw this movie opening day uh, as a double feature with Swordfish. I saw it on subsequent days. All right. Where was Swordfish in that conversation? Saturday. Okay. And I saw, I saw Evolution on Friday. Oh, all right. The the draw of that one was Orlando Jones for my friend group. Interesting. We were all in on Orlando Jones. Yeah. O because Jones. of, um, I think, Double Take had happened already. Sure. In that one, we were just like, oh, this is his movie star flex. Right. And then, like, we're like, that was more Eddie Griffin's fault. We'll, we'll not hold that <laughs> against Orlando Jones. And then um, just Mad TV, Make right. Seven Up Yours, Office Space, his cameo. Yeah. yeah we were yeah. like, this guy's, or The Replacements was another one where oh, just like. Oh, Clifford Franklin. Cr Clifford Franklin, yeah. Where the he... football's like a one man cold to Clifford Franklin. <laughs> Cliff Franklin, the only one catching it. I don't Cliff know. Franklin, the only one coming down with it. Doesn't is, that's very impressive? <laughs> Isn't you. he the one who like needed to get like glue stuck to his hands yes. or something like that in order yeah, to catch the he football? Had butterfingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I thought that like this was gonna be the thing that catapulted him to the stratosphere. I think it, it was supposed to be. Yeah, mm -hmm. didn't happen. Not really. It was supposed to cement David Duchovny as a movie star. That's what my mom used to call him, Duchovny. So I might only call I, him that. Do you, did she call him that because she thought he was a douche or just that, that no, she, she thought literally thought you pronounced his name David Dushwavny? Oh, I did say pronunciation again. <laughs> Dushwavny. I like Dushwavny. Yeah. That's like uh, when I heard somebody say Tupac Shaker once and I'm just <laughs> – it's like – it's like, I don't like Ice Cube or Ice Tea. Tupac Shaker's all right. <laughs> he is, he is. <laughs> Tupac Shaker. Um, so we're going to talk about evolution in just a few minutes. But first, Adam, yeah. have you seen anything good lately? I've seen some films. I've seen some films like you wouldn't believe. And boy, <laughs> are my eyes tired. <laughs> going to be one of those shows. I want to be like weary critic. <laughs> just oh, like, God, have I seen films. <laughs> LCJ after four <laughs> packs of cigarettes. Yeah, but they're like all different brands. I would say Five O'Clock Shadow, but who are we kidding? <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I I watched a couple of '96 movies. Yeah, you did. Oh, because uh, after this movie fest is coming up, I should promote. That. Is it? Yeah, it's uh, coming up March fifth. The yeah. world's only all Twitter film festival. It's our 11th year doing F This Movie Fest this year, celebrating the films of 1996. We will be watching uh, some movies. Mars Attacks, The Rock, That Thing You Do, The Phantom, From Dusk Till Dawn, and Independence Day, starting at 10 a.m. Central. You go on Twitter and you follow the hashtag, uh, hashtag F This Movie Fest. And we tweet along, and it's a ton of fun. Go to fthismovie.com for more details. Sold. I will buy one ticket. Is that how it works? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Okay. I've never done this. Okay, good. Good. Well, <laughs> no, you have. Oh, that's right. You've nice. done that's it for right. several years. <laughs> that's right. Uh, then, yes, you buy one ticket. <laughs> we're ticket tickets. We're involved. Okay. All right. I will reserve my seat uh, <laughs> for the investor screening that's three days earlier. Have you noticed that? 
like yeah. AMC's, they're just like investor only screening, and yeah. I'm just like, I'm not an investor, and I got a seat. Yeah, take how, that. How did you do it? An app and a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you saw House of Gucci, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to see the Batman that way too. Oh, really? Yeah. Lucky dog. One day early. You can do it too. You could be the lucky dog well, as well. That's true. I could be, couldn't I? <laughs> you could be the fortuitous canine. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> this show is about evolution. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to need to riff a little bit. Um, so I saw two movies from 1996. One okay. was a rewatch. And that was The Cable Guy. Okay. And I liked The Cable Guy when I saw it in 96. And then I went through years of people convincing me The Cable Guy was bad. And then I kind of temp- like cooled my enthusiasm for it. And then over the years, I've always kind of like, if it's on, I'll watch it. Like, I, yeah, I, enjoy, sure, sure, I sure. enjoy watching it. Yeah. And this time I was like, this is just good. And like Ben Stiller... Like, kind of had, for a studio comedy, it's like he kind of had a point of view that was interesting. Right. And I enjoyed that. And then also, this is just Jim Carrey doing Sandler and Punch Drunk Love before Sandler and Punch Drunk Love did it. (laughs) So it's like, why were people upset other than the cinema score thing where it's like, I expected this and I got this. Right. But, like, I think Carrey is, like, he's playing his Ace Ventura-type persona. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's just like, what if he was evil? And like Ace Ventura is kind of evil to begin with, but like we're conditioned to think of him as the protagonist in this case. You know, there's somebody who's like constantly the victim of his abuse. So it's like, okay, well, he, so Broderick's the protagonist. But I remember also at the time where like I was like, why isn't Broderick doing Ferris Bueller? Like, why is he such a stiff in this movie? And then now I'm just kind of like, no, he needed to be. So. Yeah, I I don't know. I really like it, and it was kind of ahead of its time in some ways, like with predicting how awesome Waterworld, how is. awesome Waterworld is, um, predicting predictions. Um, no, <laughs> but like that, you know, everybody's going to be kind of like consumed by media crossing over right, with right. phone and cable and right. TV and all this stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I liked it. It was good. Yeah, it's funny because I watched the Super Bowl last week, uh, if you. you can believe that. And there was a commercial, you know, that they spent however many millions of dollars on with Jim Carrey as the cable guy. And I was like, wasn't this movie a bomb in 1996? Yeah. And now here we are, yeah. you know, 30 years later, and uh, it's being used to advertise during the biggest media event of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going to see the cable guy opening night, and the theater was empty. It was at one Schomburg place. Because the Bulls were playing in one of their uh, like championship games, and I yeah. walked in, and I went, "Oh, theater was empty." I said, "Go Bulls!" and like two people left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked it, but I haven't seen it in a number of years. My biggest takeaway, though, and I think this is something that a lot of people will remember when I bring it up, is this was so weird to watch it as HD widescreen and not like full screen pan and scan. Right. Because this was one of like the worst examples of Columbia doing like the crazy, like can't pit like tilts and pans and everything like then sweeps where you're just like, what is happening? I remember Ghostbusters being like that too. Speaking of Ivan Reitman. Yeah. So it was like, Oh man, there's so much breathing room now. I can like take a step back and enjoy 
the beautiful cinematography of the suburbs. <laughs> um, Ben Stiller, by the way, Big 96, Flirting yeah. with Disaster, mm-hmm. If Lucy Fell, which we just watched last night. I saw the trailer for that, <laughs> and that he plays a, a character in it. He's doing something. What's his and, name uh, in that movie? Oh, gosh, don't ask me okay. to remember. Right. It's some made-up word. Okay. Um, and directing The Cable Guy. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, right? That's where uh, <clears throat> uh, Jada Apatow and Leslie Mann met, I yeah, think. I believe so. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Girl 6, which was the last of the, at least the theatrical Spike Lee movies that I hadn't seen. Um, I know there's like a couple where he's he did it for like a, it's like a play just as much as a movie and it's like okay, on yeah. Amazon right, and right, stuff right. like that. Like I haven't seen all of those, but right. like, and his documentaries I haven't seen all of, but like all of his features I've seen. And Girl 6, I would say, is kind of like in the bottom half. It's like, yeah. Teresa Randall's great. Yeah. I like that she has a showcase movie. Um, it sucks that she kind of had this one chance, right? And then that was it. But like that seems to be, especially with female actors, they get less chances, unfortunately, especially at that time. And especially like there's enough people who have popped due to the Spike Lee movie, where it's like if the Spike Lee movie isn't big, then their career just kind of like doesn't get to that next level. Sure. And she was sort of, I think, a victim of just being in one of his not-as-good movies. Right. Um, And my problem with the movie is just that it – I don't know what it's trying to say. Like, I and usually even if his movies are messy, I kind of know what he's trying to say. Like, he – because he's saying it, like, over and over and over again. Right. But this time, I mean, like, there's some stuff in it where it's like, okay, it's, you know, kind of like male – like skeeviness like towards women and stuff like that and women taking power back and things like that but then it just gets like really kind of muddled with a lot of things where it's like there's a side story of like a girl a little girl who like falls down an elevator shaft and i'm oh my have, gosh i completely forgot and that. i like have no idea what it has to do with the rest of the movie and then like it's supposed to be like she, Teresa randall's character becomes a sex fo- uh, a sex line operator but then like she becomes obsessed with it, and then there's like Prince music underscoring it, and it's like, is this supposed? And Prince music is kind of more synonymous with like this is sexy, so okay. it's like, are we supposed to think phone sex is sexy, or like are we in her mind, or like what? Like, it's really weird. And the only time I think it really kind of works is just on a performance level, and then there's like a bit with like Michael Imperioli playing like a really kind of evil like caller customer and i think if that that little piece of it is so good and he's so creepy that if they made this into more of like a thriller i think it could have been a good movie okay so i i was disappointed but it's not like the worst thing i've yeah, ever seen right. if you're gonna watch a spike lee movie from 96 watch get on the bus that's a lot better which i still need to watch it's really underrated i think it's yeah. like that and i think jungle fever i think are his most underrated okay Spike Lee, not great with like sexual politics, because as you're talking about Girl yeah. Six, I'm remembering She Hate Me, yeah, which is kind of the same thing where it's a like little better has but, an yeah. idea and but then 57 tangents. Um, yeah, I think I like Girl Six better than She Hate Me. Yeah, Anthony Mackie was another one where like he his career I think got definitely boosted by Marvel and just like him yeah. working with some <laughs> other really good directors like Catherine Bigelow and stuff. But I remember. He had said in an interview that he was another one where he's like, I expected the Spike Lee bump, 
and then I was in She Hate Me, and it's like, <laughs> and then I had to like work twice as hard to like get back right. from it. So right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I watched uh, Trial and Error for the first time. <laughs> yes. And you, you've talked uh, positively about Trial and Error for years, <laughs> and I've owned Trial and Error for at least two years as like a half price books purchase, and it's good. I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it's one of those movies where I felt guilty a little bit while watching it because it's like – objectively i'm like michael richards is pretty good in this but like i feel like bad sure, sure, sure. like la- laughing at his antics but right. there are some really funny things i was shocked that the trailer moment where like jeff daniels falls through the roof of the right. courthouse and lands on the table i'm like this is like 40 minutes in i'm like where is this movie going like this is like <laughs> the climax of like like of peak craziness for a comedy but then like the back half of the movie's all this like awesome romantic stuff with like jeff daniels and Charlize theron yeah and yeah i i really really liked it a lot i mean like jonathan lynn is a very good comedy director yes he is Yeah. yeah i remember just expecting two hours of people falling through the ceiling because and it was obviously like michael richards cashing in on seinfeld Mm -hmm. and like oh now he's going to be a movie star even though he had done movies prior to seinfeld but uh who could forget problem child i can't i saw that opening weekend did you really yeah um but it's not it's like so much more than that and there's like that scene i feel like roger ebert even talked about this in his review but maybe not but there's like a scene where Jeff Daniels and Charlie Theron have a falling out and like it gives her time to just like walk away and cry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when do you ever see that in a movie? Yeah. <laughs> when do you ever see the movie pause for that beat that like, oh, there's actual feelings at stake? Question related to trial and error. Yes. Was Alexandra Wentworth ever cast in a part where she's not <laughs> no. that? <laughs> no. No. She's, she's so good at it. Yeah, she's yeah. she's very good at playing that role, and that's why she always plays that role. I got to get back to Problem Child for a second. Yeah, of course. All right. This is like peak Adam kid movie craziness. I remember being so excited for Problem Child that I wrote a song for the movie Problem okay, Child. Yeah, of course. And then when the the end credits happened in Problem Child, it's like a Mike Love Beach Boys song. Mm. And I remember the whole time being like thinking like they had a 3% chance that it was going to be my song. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, I, I thought my song was better. <laughs> Mike Love's good and everything, but. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I'm really glad that you watched it, and I'm really glad that you liked it because I think it's yeah. a really underrated comedy. It was good. And then uh, I got three more. Yeah. Uh, speaking of comedies, I did my seemingly quarterly watch of Fanboys. I just really <laughs> like Fanboys. However, I almost like it now from a different angle than I did when I was younger. Because okay. when I was younger, it was like. I just liked the bro comedy and I like road trip comedy and stuff. And I'm a fan of Star Wars. So all my, you know, things were kind of aligning here. But um, now it's just like these guys are the toxic Star Wars fans. Right. And it's this was sort of before that became kind of codified more so like with The Last Jedi. And looking back on it now, it's just like, oh, these guys are kind of awful. And like. 
there's a lot of gay panic stuff because this was like late 2000s. Of so it's just like really kind of weird. And then I'm watching the movie and like despite all my misgivings of it, I'm just like, this is still fun. I really like, I enjoy kind of hanging out with like, even though these guys are kind of skeevy, like I enjoy hanging out with them. Um, but then like the end credits are almost like a miracle because it shows like, produced by the Weinsteins, produced by Kevin Spacey. It's just oh like, boy. I'm just like, what in the fuck is with this movie? <laughs> it's nuts. So I don't know. It's very interesting, but it's on IMDb TV if you want to watch oh, it. Oh, very nice. Yeah, with commercials. <laughs> Has like the alternate cut of that movie ever been released? No. Okay. No. But I think this is pretty close to what the cut was supposed to be because the writer, director had the Christopher Mintz plus like subplot with him being terminally ill right and then the weinsteins cut all of that out Naturally. and then they ended up getting it back in before the okay. movie but like they delayed it for years as punishment and okay things like that got it um and then i watched uh i've been doing like a lot of going backwards and watching like repertory stuff instead of new stuff this year so far um so i watched paper moon and the last picture show and I really liked both of them. That was first time watches for me for both of those. I still need to watch Paper. I know it's on Prime, but I haven't yeah. watched Paper Moon yet. I did yeah. part of a Bogdanovich rewatch, mm. and then more people died, and I switched. But uh, yeah, it's hard to keep up. Yep. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, Paper Moon's good. It's like it reminded me of. Excuse me, hold on. Like a non. Um, romantic version of it happened one night okay because it's like the same right era era Era. and like it's black and white and it's a road trip comedy yeah and like ryan o'neill and tatum o'neill are con artists and it's really funny and like some of their cons are just so just kind of ordinary that it's it it makes it more interesting because i kind of get lost sometimes in like grifter movies when it's just like so complicated that it's like, and he's the mark, and he and she's the blood, and like, here's the blood, and here's a suitcase, and we got to get in at 3 o'clock, because that's when Gary gets off his shift. It's like, <laughs> it's like, fuck all that. Like, in this, it's just like, hey, your husband who just died, like, we looked in the obits, and your husband who just died ordered this Bible. Give us 12 bucks. Right. <laughs> like, okay. we're collecting and right. stuff like that. Right. So it's, uh, it, it's stuff like that. And then it's just really funny. It reminded me sometimes of, like... Like a Mel Brooks type movie. Okay, it's just very silly, and um, I I made the mistake of like wicking Ryan O'Neill and being like, I'm mm. like, man, Ryan O'Neill's really funny. Like, what's what's he like? Yeah. Then I'm like, oh, I should have done that. Yeah, right. Yeah, should have so. been in Fanboys. Should have been in Fanboys <laughs> exactly. Um, and then Last Picture Show. Like at first, I was like. What are these people's problems? Like, <laughs> this town is amazing. Everybody's horned up. There's a movie theater and a diner. What else do you need? <laughs> and then as the movie went along, I'm just like, oh, the theater is closing. This could be a problem. <laughs> uh, but, but no, that's another movie where I'm just like, all the performances are so good. Yeah. And like, just about everybody in the movie who was like not a kid actor starting out. Right. Except Jeff Bridges, who was starting out, but like they got nominated or like won Oscars for this, and like the writing is just so good, and it's such um, I don't know. I've just been like really, like I don't know what to like. Just like these seventies like auteur driven movies, like between the Donovich stuff and then like I've been rewatching a lot of like Coppola stuff. 
Okay. And I'm just like, man, this is where it's at. Like, I wish movies were like this still. They're they're not like this anymore. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Uh, It's a bummer. But, like, at least we can go backwards and stuff. Yeah, all those movies still exist, and we can still watch them, and we Mm -hmm. still get new stuff if new stuff is what you're into, uh, you know. The thing that I'm doing, I have a strategy this year so I could to allow me to watch more older stuff. Okay. I am going to skip pretty much everything streaming until about November, December. Wow. And then I'm going to be like, okay, what did people like? Okay. And that's what I'll watch. Okay. And then I'll keep up with theatrical things. Okay. But, like, that's it. Because, like, I feel like I waste... Because I was... This is so stupid. Like, this is what quarantine does to you. <laughs> like, I was looking at, like, my top ten list for the past few years. Yeah. And I'm like, nine of these movies played in theaters. And, right. like, one played on streaming. Right. So it's like... I can probably be okay if I miss out on a triple frontier every once in a while, Sure. even though I love that movie. So I'm just like, okay, I'll just wait until the end of the year and then I'll take stock of what, like, I'll let everybody else be the guinea pig and then I'll say, like, okay, which are the ones I want to see the most. Won't that make you too busy, though? Because that's when all this stuff is in theaters also that you need to see for your top ten list. Yeah, it's going to be hell. Okay. It's going to be pure <laughs> hell. And, like... Then I'm going to have, like, I have to cram all these 2002 movies before they don't exist anymore. Right, that's right. Shit. Yeah, my, and you're not going to want to talk to me during the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> the new Soderbergh is good, Kimmy. Yeah. Not that you're going to watch it till November, but it's worth not, watching. No, not till November. But I did that with No Sudden Move also. I watched okay. that in, like, December. Okay. Yeah. I liked Kimmy more than No Sudden Move. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Cool. Uh, my turn? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got a couple that I'll talk about. First, I'll talk about the only new thing that I saw, because everything else I watched was older, and that is uh, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre that just premiered on Netflix this weekend. Mm -hmm. Maybe you were on Twitter. Maybe you heard something about it. It's either the best horror movie ever made. Mm -hmm. Nobody was calling it the best, actually. A lot of people were calling it the worst, and then other people were like, what'd you expect? It's fun. It's a slasher. If it came out in 88, people would love it. I don't care. Like, that's where I'm at. I (laughs) watched it. It's like 76 minutes before credits. Mm -hmm. It's very gory. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. And then I was like, well, why don't I care? Oh, that's because I have no use for any post-Toby Hooper Texas Chainsaw. Like, I love the first two. I could kind of care less about the rest of them. Like, part three is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Next Generation. I don't care for the remake. I mm-hmm. like the beginning even less. Mm-hmm. I have a soft spot for Texas Chainsaw 3D because yeah. it's so moronic that yeah. like part of me enjoys it. This is a lot closer to Texas Chainsaw 3D than probably anything else. Okay, So that should tell you whether or not you want to see it. Yeah, I think it's just once it gets to a certain point, especially when the movies aren't made in... Not continuity, but, like, succession of one another. Like, say, like, there weren't any reboots and things like that. Right. Like, I feel like it's easier to stick with, like, a series and still feel like what's happening matters. But, like, right. when your eighth entry or whatever this is. Ninth. Ninth entry. Yeah. Has been, like, from four different angles. Right. At this point. Right. Then it's kind of, like... They seem superfluous. It's like, okay, right. like, what's the difference if I have 11 of these or if I had six of these? Yeah, that's kind of where this so, – and this one does that yeah. Halloween 2018 thing where it's like, yeah. oh, ignore all those other sequels. This is the legacy sequel. This brings back Sally Hardesty. Yeah. 
uh, to little purpose, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I don't know. It's fine. I just – I can't get my blood up about it either way. I'm not excited yeah. about it, but it didn't make me mad. I, I will have forgotten it by the time this conversation is over. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then I watched a bunch of old stuff, and the lesson that we learned – uh, this week, well, it's a lesson that I've been espousing for many years mm-hmm. at If This Movie, which is like never give up on a movie. Okay. Because I watched a bunch of stuff that I gave like two stars or less on Letterboxd back mm-hmm. when I used to give star ratings, mm-hmm. and I liked all of it this week. Oh, cool. That's good. So the first one I was texting you about, and that's Jurassic World. That I thought you were replaced by somebody, like you were <laughs> like a pod person, because I, I remember that show. Yeah. And I was, like, way higher on it than I am now. And yeah. you were way lower on it than, like, I was ever, at, even at my lowest. <laughs> and then when you were just like, you know, I was way too hard on Jurassic World. Yeah. I was just like, where is this going? Like, no, are I, you going to Fallen Kingdom now? Or are you? Gonna... I am going to revisit Fallen Kingdom. What about Lost World? Are you going to revisit Lost World? Probably. You... Okay. Yeah. Um, so the the Super Bowl spot that I saw... Yeah, Dominion. Yes. Yeah. Combined with Best Buy having a sale on the 4K set of the first five movies okay. for pretty cheap, I was like, well, I'm in a Jurassic Park mood now because of that spot. I'm excited about that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is pretty cheap. So we bought it and we showed the kids Jurassic Park. Uh, and then I was like, well, I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to jump to Jurassic World because I haven't seen it since opening day. So between watching that in 4K and being excited about this new movie, I don't know. I, I Expectation probably has a lot to do with it because yeah. I was excited about that movie back when it came out in 2015. 15. Yeah, 2015. And then I was disappointed by it because I thought it was pretty dumb. Um, and then I went into it now expecting something pretty dumb. And mm. that's what I got. But, like, I had a good time with it. And I liked yeah. I liked the setting of it. More mm-hmm. than most of the other movies. I know a lot of people are into, like, the Haunted Mansion aspect of Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. I'm not as much. No, not really. I liked that this delivered on, like, hey, what if there was a theme park with dinosaurs that people were attending mm-hmm. for the first time, and then dinosaurs got out? Yeah. Were were there any elements of it that you were kind of cool on before that this time you're just like, oh, no, I was wrong. Like, I really liked it. Like, was it... Like any of the performances or any of like the 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 specific dinosaurs or anything. I don't remember what I didn't like last time, except that I thought it was yeah. like dumb overall. Yeah, and it's still like mm-hmm. pretty dumb. Yeah, and it's still cashing in too much on our nostalgia for the original Jurassic Park. A lot of the beats are just like, mm-hmm. oh, because I liked this in Jurassic Park, so now you're just gonna do it again. It almost seems more like sophisticated in the way that it does that now compared to in twenty twenty one movies. Sure, where it's like I feel right. like they've gotten way like crazy it's just a literal uh, yeah. callback. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, I liked Chris Pratt less, and I think part of that is a because I like Chris Pratt less now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. also, I was watching him, and he's just like posing throughout the movie and yeah. like trying to seem all tough. He definitely feels like the guy who went to the gym for a summer and then got hot, and then just like <laughs> right. can't. Like, he just doesn't know who he is anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. just like, things are changing, guys. You can feel it. <laughs> but he's To the next off, step. He's he... like, to the next step, <laughs> if, if you were a person. <laughs> he is offset by the presence of Bryce Dallas Howard. Sure. Yeah. Which helps. A very good director, too. 
Yes. Yeah. Just is. like every time she does a Mandalorian <laughs> episode or a Star Wars episode, it's just like, is she the best person to, wow. to be handling Star Wars right I haven't now? seen any of her stuff, so I don't oh, know. Oh, you haven't seen the... I haven't watched any of the no, Star Wars her, shows. Her episodes are really good. Well, what the but, hell? Give her a feature already. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time. Okay. I, have, I have a good feeling about it. I'd rather see that than a Patty Jenkins Star Wars movie. Or John Watts, which is the last thing I heard. Like, God, yeah. yeah, it's just, this is the I am trajectory. excited about Obi-Wan as a show. Okay. I do want to see Just because they're bringing back Hayden. Just because I like, I like a Revenge of the Sith a lot. Okay. And just l- picking up where those characters left off at the end of that is Is that what the timeline is? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting no to me. It's like 10 years after... Um, Revenge of the Sith okay. happened, and he's been in Tatooine hiding, and like, I guess like Darth Vader is searching for Obi Wan and okay. stuff like that. And but we know he doesn't find him because we've seen Star Wars. <laughs> no, but I'm sure they'll have like a time where it's like I caught your eye at the Walmart, and then they're just like <laughs> a lot of that like big business. They almost yeah. see each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's just like. <laughs> They go to a coffee shop and it's just like, so what are you a monk? It's like, no, I got a woman. Yeah. I got a woman. And they yeah. do the heat thing. I'm yeah. I'm into that. Yeah, that was- Darth Vader all burned and <laughs> shit, drinking coffee, talking about uh I will take you down. Can I take my mask? <laughs> <laughs> um the other two Oh, I, I I guess I could mention that like I revisited Father's Day for the first time since opening night in nineteen ninety seven. Oh, yeah. It does not improve with age. <laughs> I watched the trailer for it in 35 millimeter not too long ago. That's kind of amazing. Where yeah. at? It's like this. Well, it's kind of a cheat, but like there's this YouTube channel where a guy as like some kind of project um, decided to like upload onto the internet like 35 millimeter trailers. So they're all very like grimy and you can see. Um, boom mics in almost all of them which is kind of interesting but like they look crunchy and it's very it's very nice to see like movies look like film again right so it's i i really appreciate that youtube channel does the trailer make it look funny uh no the movie is not funny I mean, they they frame it as a comedy, but right. It's not well, fun, that's yeah. I mean, the movie pretends to be a comedy, yeah. but um, but yeah, the other two that I watched were both Ivan Reitman movies, and when I went to log them in Letterboxd, I saw that I'd given both of them two stars. One is Legal Eagles, mm-hmm. which I won't even bother recommending to you because you're going to have such an allergy to yeah. it. Because um, I think I've talked about it on the show before. Like, I don't understand no- totally what that movie is. Like, it's not a comedy. It's mm-hmm. not a drama. It's just this weird, like, what if there were movie stars? Yeah. And uh, on that level, it works. Robert Redford is, uh, to everyone but Adam, he's very uh, <laughs> likable and charming in the movie. Deborah yeah. Winger is really good. Daryl Hannah has never looked better. Mm-hmm. It's weird that she has nothing to do in the movie because she's, like, third build. She's on the poster. She's a big movie star at the time it comes out. Who she play? She's like the girl who's accused of a murder oh. that Robert Redford has oh, so to she's the defend. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh but her job is just to like be pretty. Mm-hmm. Um but I just found myself like going with it and really enjoying it this time. Uh and the other is a movie that I hadn't seen since opening weekend when we saw it for Erica's birthday and that's No Strings Attached. Mhm. With Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher, also directed by Ivan Reitman. And it's like a totally competent romantic comedy. I don't know why I was so opposed to it at the time that it came out. Because I had just watched um, another streaming one. I Want You Back. Mm -hmm. 
And I had a good time with that. And I was like, hey, it's a romantic comedy where people like curse and have sex, you know, mm-hmm. and and I had a good time with that in that on that level. And then I watched No Strings Attached and I was like, oh, this is the exact same. Mm-hmm. I would still much rather watch the movie that's taking place on the side of No Strings Attached with Jake Johnson and Greta Gerwig. No, I forgot about them. Yeah. Everybody yeah. in the movie is like yeah. somebody you're happy. Like Kevin Klein plays his dad and Lake Bell plays his boss. And mm-hmm. like everybody who shows up, Mindy Kaling is one of her roommates, is like somebody you're happy to see show up in a movie. And a lot of them, it's like right before they kind of pop. Yeah. Um, I would rather see the indie movie where Jake Johnson and Greta Gerwig are falling in love. Yeah, I would too. But I'm fine with the studio romantic comedy that we got. Again, I don't know why I was hard on it. I don't, you know, we could talk about this when we talk about evolution in just a few minutes. Like, I don't totally understand yet what Ivan Reitman brings to the party. Mm. Like, I know he knows comedy, mm-hmm. but I watch Legal Eagles and it's not funny. And I watch Father's Day and it's actively unfunny. And I watch No Strings Attached and I'm like, well, it this one is kind of funny, but... um a lot of that is due to the screenplay or the performances or the timing of the yeah. actors delivering their dialogue. Like, And some of that is certainly credited to Ivan Reitman. I'm not trying to remove him from the equation, but I don't totally understand because I've watched a bunch of his movies. I rewatched Twins. Um, I rewatched a bunch of his movies in the last week or so since he passed. Mm-hmm. And they're all very different. Like I couldn't necessarily point to something and say like, well, that's clearly an Ivan Reitman movie. Yeah. Except for maybe evolution because it's so desperately wants to be ghostbusters, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, And ghostbusters, I rewatched stripes. I rewatched, I'm trying to remember what else, but like ghostbusters still my favorite Ivan Reitman movie. Yeah. That's mine too. By a pretty wide margin. Not as wide for me. Really? Because of draft day. Oh right, that's but right. That's not, yeah, that would be number two. Okay, yeah. Um, I didn't rewatch Draft Day because I had watched it just a couple of years ago when we yeah. did our show on it. Um, I, I force all my friends to watch it. I have call blocks basically for them. I'm just like, hey, you're watching Draft Day right now, right? But again, how is Draft Day an Ivan Reitman movie? It's probably closest to like Dave. Probably. And in the same weird ballpark as like Legal Eagles. Yeah, like I was thinking it's probably more like Legal Eagles. Part of a trifecta. But... I think if you you said kind of like, you didn't put it in these terms, but kind of like pinning down like what is an Ivan Reitman movie. Yeah. I think for me it's, and I don't know if this was deliberate or not, but like the thing that I'm picking up on is he is of – he came from sort of like the counterculture, so he kind of like sides with the outsiders more. Okay. Um, but he has like a lot of sentimentality towards them. So I think like it's kind of there. So, you know, like Kevin Costner in Draft Day is yeah. sort of like on the ropes and he's very pro like this guy getting his shot. Um, Dave, an outsider, yeah. getting his shot yeah. to do things in the quote quote right way. Right, um, right. There's uh, the Ghostbusters, you know, anti-establishment, yeah. right. like small business stuff like that. <laughs> so I mean, the so I I think it's just kind of like he really loves these sort of you know misfit type yeah. people and like. That's kind of – and evolution is the same thing. It like, definitely is, yeah. yeah. You know, these guys from – I mean, I think it's to a point that, like, they teach at a community college right. and, like, stuff like right. that. And, like, they're not military-affiliated and everything like that, so. 
Yeah, I feel like I could draw a straight line from stripes, <clears throat> from meatballs to stripes to Ghostbusters mm-hmm. in terms of exactly what you're talking about, yeah. like these sort of misfits on the fringes um, taking on the establishment. But as soon as we get to Legal Eagles, it's like, well, they, Robert Redford is the establishment. <laughs> I mean, True. But I think also um, <clears throat> it, it maybe like evolved a little. I don't know about Legal Eagles because I haven't seen it. But like, Oh, you need to see it. No, no. You'll love it. I just can't. I just can't. It ends with Love Touch by Rod Stewart. Well, I'm more likely to see it. <laughs> um, but like I'm thinking maybe Dave and Evolution yeah. and stuff like that. It's like – because, all right, the David Duchovny character in Evolution is clearly the Vankman archetype yes but, although i would argue there's too many vankmans in evolution okay we'll get to that but <laughs> oops all vankmans <laughs> oops all vankmans but the thing that's interesting about Duchovny and what i like about Duchovny in this movie is that his daring aspect is almost that he's nice it's like the that is kind of the thing that makes him like the hip outsider okay is like he's the teacher who wants to give his class right, a's and right, stuff right, right. and it's not like him being a little shit it's like it's like yeah the the norm is to be a dick now as opposed like right. which bill murray was more of a dick than a nice guy in ghostbusters even yeah. though we like him um but now it's just like well and same thing with dave with kevin klein it's like what if we were nice how daring is that yeah that's definitely like yeah. dave is definitely old-fashioned like sort of frank capra like what yeah. if we were good and decent yeah mm-hmm and Dukovny, Dukovny, I, I yeah. combined Dukovny and Dushovny right there. I like it. Dukovny. We can call him whatever we want. <laughs> That's true. He doesn't listen. Yeah. Um, Fair Jill- use. Jillian Anderson. To names. <laughs> She's a regular listener. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't, when I was watching it this time, that scene where he wants to give everybody A's, I didn't initially read that as him being nice. I read that just as him being like La- lazy. lazy. Yeah. See, I... I don't know. I just feel, by the end of the movie, yeah. I, I agree with your thesis about his character because he I, says something that's so awesome to Julianne Moore, which we'll come back to. But I think he's just sort of contrite about a lot of things. Okay. Like there's not like he doesn't seem to take any pleasure from the cane madness that he gave like the soldiers <laughs> and stuff. No, absolutely. So I mean, not, like, right? I, so I think that kind of falls into my thesis that he's just like this nice guy, but okay. like he kind of you know wants to use his powers for good and like he real maybe the school thing is he's just like it's not that big of a deal like just give them a's right and things like that okay so i don't know well so we're already talking about evolution so yeah. let's talk about evolution comes out in 2001 um and obviously you know we originally was i was originally going to do another show uh this week and then ivan reitman passed away and I really wanted to talk about an Ivan Reitman movie, and I really felt like this was the movie to try to prop up because mm-hmm. we had done Draft Day. Yeah. Otherwise, we would have been all over Draft Day. Yeah. We could, um, we could do Draft Day again <laughs> at any point in time. Um, this is Ivan Reitman, you know, after kind of the failure, quote unquote, of Father's Day. This is Ivan mm-hmm. Reitman really trying to get back to. To his and Ghostbusters six days, seven nights also. I forgot about Six Days, Seven Nights. Yeah. That was a year after Father's Day. I need Day. to see that. That's one of the ones I haven't seen of his. I remember seeing it and thinking it was fine, but that yeah. Harrison Ford and Anne Heche, like don't have great chemistry. They seem like a weird pairing. He seems to maybe not like her. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's, I mean, he seems that way in a lot of movies. Like yeah. he doesn't like his co-stars. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Anyway, I forgot Six Days and Seven Nights. Both of those were kind of commercial disappointments. And so we have Ivan Reitman trying to get his groove back by going back to the well and doing essentially a new Ghostbusters, but with aliens. Yeah. Um, and that's Evolution. And I put something on Twitter, like, Evolution is underrated. And a lot of people started saying, yes, I love this movie, agreed, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't know that Evolution was so beloved. It by wasn't so many for people. A long yeah, time. no, yeah. I know. I was, was very surprised. Generously to learn that. forgotten. <laughs> Do you think f- fairly so? You mean like that? Should it's it have been forgotten? Have yeah, been right, forgotten? right. It's forgettable. Okay. I mean, I don't think that it's particularly. I I think what helps it is the existence of more and more Ghostbusters movies because Mm. you realize that this is the second best Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, I would agree with that, actually. Yeah. Yikes. Because this is... I never thought about that, but that is true. Because this is is funnier than Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Ghostbusters 2016, I just think, is awful. It's like if Papa John's were a movie. (laughs) Um, And... (laughs) Like, Ghostbusters Afterlife is just this relic of horrible legacy sequels. It's the worst of the legacy sequels in so many ways. And I was texting you and Rob about this because I'm so conflicted now. Because, like, on the one hand, this was Ivan Reitman's last movie. He got to make it with his son. That's kind of beautiful. It's about losing someone you love. And, like, there's things about it that speak to his passing. And I want to be like, well, I'm glad that that all happened and that this was the last thing that I've ever worked on. But then I also really, really don't like that movie and I'm beating myself up over not liking it. I don't think you should because I think what it is is even if the sentiment is, you know, I want to do something that meant so much to my dad and was kind of an indelible part of his legacy and I want to honor that through, you know, me doing an interpretation of Ghostbusters, they still – pull Harold Ramis out of the grave literally and do this. And it's just like, how would you feel if, I don't know who's like some, like Arnold Schwarzenegger made a movie of like a kindergarten cop reboot. And then at the end it's him saying goodbye to ghost Ivan Reitman. It's like, how would (laughs) you feel about that then? Yeah. It's I, I just think, I think it's in such bad taste what they did at the end of Ghostbusters afterlife where it's like Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray doesn't join into it, but it's almost worse because he doesn't. And Ernie Hudson have to performatively say goodbye to a stand-in for Harold Ramis to assuage, like, uh, assuage. I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> a assuage. Assuage. Um, Suge Knight. Suge Knight. <laughs> Tupac Shaker. Tupac Shaker. Suge Knight. <laughs> I like rap. Um, <laughs> um, to favorite to to win over like fanboys and stuff who are like oh this is what it should have been and like i feel so much better that like they're making their peace with harold ramis after but they would call them harold he's making his peace with harold after all these years and stuff (laughs) and it's just like it's disgusting (laughs) it's fucking gross and I'm not going to be made to feel bad about right. having this opinion. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. No, I'm not saying that, but I, I just I, feel bad. I, I don't think you should. All right. Is my point. I, To be fair, I didn't like Ghostbusters Afterlife before that happened. I didn't either. <laughs> but then that was just like, oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, once it goes to Walmart, that's like when it Oof. like really jumps on the shit trampoline. <laughs> 
and it's like we could go higher. That was the weirdest stunt course on Double Dare. I remember. It's like, why would they do that? It's like they want to jump into the shit, and they're going to go to extra effort to do it. <laughs> so, is it Mark Summers' shit? Whose shit is that's, it? That's one thing that I do miss about like children's entertainment that I feel like this generation is deprived all of. All the scat play. It's all just like. <laughs> It's like, I don't know, we put a key in pudding. <laughs> Go for it. There was a halfway decent Saturday Night Live sketch recently about yeah. finding the key in the pudding. Oh, was it? On one of those shows, oh, yeah. That's yeah. coincidence. Yeah. 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 It wasn't that funny, but no. it was like, I remember this. So it's, <laughs> it's like the most, Ghostbusters Afterlife So it's like most SNL things where right. if you explain the concept to somebody, it's by far funnier than the execution <laughs> yeah. by professional comedians. Basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah. 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 Uh, evolution. Evolution. <laughs> so, all right, you said that there, there's too many Vankmans in this movie. So let's, can we go through the cast and say who, kind of who is standing in for whom? Because I'm curious to get your... I think I think Orlando Jones and Duchovny are kind of splitting Vankman. I think... Because they're both snappy... Yeah. Smart alecky. Orlando Jones, I think, is a combo stance Vankman. See, I read Sean William Scott as stance because he's the oh. most sincere about the whole thing. I read him as a Moranis. Oh, okay. So. Interesting. Or a Moranis Hudson because he's the everyman. Right. Who becomes right. part of the game. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, it all it's all like a carousel of lazy. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. It's the yeah. roulette wheel of, I don't know. <laughs> And again, what you don't have is yeah. Harold Ramis contributing to this screenplay the way you do with Ghostbusters. You have a, a number of writers, none of whose names I really recognized. No. And I read that this was supposed to be like a a serious sci-fi thriller. And then Reitman got his hands on it and said, <laughs> no, this is something that we could turn into Ghostbusters. Let's use the, the framework yeah. of this. And then apparently the original writer was like... In the end, happy with the result. So, oh, like, well, that's it was, good. so it worked out. Because that's a scary yeah. proposition when you're like, I wrote this dark, scary sci-fi yeah. movie. Oh, they're going to make it a comedy? Oh, shit. Yeah. But I feel like doing this dark, scary sci-fi turns it into a Sound of Thunder, which I don't know if you've ever seen a Sound of Thunder. Was but, Orlando uh, Jones also in a Sound oh, of Thunder? Oh, shit. I know Eddie Burns was. I feel like he was, too. I could be thinking of the Time Machine remake, which I know Orlando Jones was in. Is he really? He plays like a hologram at the beginning. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that movie since opening weekend. Yeah, neither have I. Do I need to go back? No. Okay. <laughs> I remember that was one where Rob was, I think he suggested it for like a reserved seating once, and I'm just like, we can't go back. Did, <laughs> did, uh, a lot of that like got reshot, right? By like Breck Eisner or I feel something like, like that? That's correct. I okay. don't remember exactly. The thing that I, I always formed memories about the Time Machine remake. That's I know, why people come to this show. I know so much about the Time Machine remake because of um, Gary Sinise as Detective Jimmy Shaker using it as his modus operandi in Ransom. He's just like like Mel Gibson is like, why are you doing this? And he's just like, have you ever heard of the Morlock and the Eloy? <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, sometimes gotta get dragged down below and i'm just like oh jimmy shaker jimmy fucking shaker by the way uh gratuitous mel gibson cameo in father's day 
Oh, was he? He's playing like a tattoo artist, and he's got a bunch of piercings and stuff. That's dude. so weird, because that was supposed to be who he was going to play in The Hangover. I remember. And then they threatened to walk off The Hangover right. if he got cast. So it was Liam Neeson? Yeah. Um, I don't or The see... Hangover 2. Yeah. yeah. I don't see any Orlando Jones in A Sound of Thunder. Okay. Sadly, I think that's what that—that's the secret sauce that the movie was missing. He ended up in this weird, like, sci-fi space where it's like American Gods. He was like all over that show, and then he was in Time Machine and my dream version of A Sound of Thunder. <laughs> um, his second best perform—no, I don't know. This might be his second best performance. My favorite, maybe my favorite performance of his ever is Drumline. I've never seen Drumline. Drumline fucking rules. Okay. You should watch Drumline. I should because Charlie's yeah. like way into percussion and stuff, so he might watch it with me. Yeah. Yeah. Good Zoe Saldana. Good, The only good Nick Cannon. Okay. It's a good movie. All right. Yeah. I will check it out. Yeah. It's one of those movies where you expect it to be like everybody's silly, and then you're just like, no, this is like somebody who's really interested in Drumline made okay. a movie about the Drumline, right. and it's like about like the... um. Uh, God, I forgot what the acronym. Whatever, you know what I mean. No, <laughs> an acronym. <laughs> There's an acronym for it. I for a drumline? Not for a drumline. Oh, I'll remember later. All right, that's yeah. fine. We'll we'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I'm glad that not everybody is Venkman because I can see Orlando Jones sort of being an Egon also because yeah. he's sort of the most academic of mm-hmm. everybody. Um, but he has too much Vankman in him in terms of – I like the chemistry between between him and David Duchovny and I like their friendship. Yeah. Um, but there's a little bit too much of like, hey, we're all Vankman in this one. Um, and yeah, I, I read Sean William Scott as more of a, a Ray Stans because he's so – he takes it so seriously and he's so mm-hmm. sincere in everything that he does. Yeah. He's kind of a Billy Baldwin in backdraft, if you Exactly. Will. Yeah. He checks that door for heat. Mm-hmm. I was in there doing it. <laughs> I was doing it. I was doing it, Stephen. I was up there doing it. <laughs> you separated the team, Brian. <laughs> we already did a backdraft show, but now I want to do another I one. I want to do another one, too. It's just like, <laughs> you burned him, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do a show just on movies where it's like the woohoo guy like ends up getting shot or burned and stuff like that there's so many that happened in like the early 90s yeah like there's a guy in lethal weapon 3 they're just like you want to come with us rookie oh i remember he ends up getting (laughs) shot by cop killers yeah Mm -hmm. the bullets by the way babies killing babies And then they sing, like, it's so hard to say yeah, goodbye. Yeah, they do at a funeral. funeral. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good movie. Lethal Weapon 3 kind of sucks, but it's also kind of good. Every time I scroll past Lethal Weapon 4 on HBO Max, Oof. I'm like, do I? No. <laughs> no. Uh, Lethal Weapon 3, I feel like, peaks at that opening credit sequence with the yeah. three on fire and that banger of a sting song. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like with Lethal Weapon 4 how it ends it's in no basically, touch, like, by the way, but... Lethal Weapon 4 ends like the, an improv show would end. Is that How Can We Be Friends? <laughs> no. Why can't we be friends, rather? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I guess what I'm pointing, what I'm getting at is, okay, so, like, they kill off Jet Li. This yeah, is a show about spoilers. evolution, everybody. <laughs> um, no, this is so they kill off Jet Li. That's the end of a show. 
But then, like, there's an extra 20 minutes, like, we went to the bar with the improvisers oh, afterwards, yes. and they're talking yeah, about totally. how good the show was. Totally. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I don't like Lethal Weapon 4. No. It's not good. Sorry to the fans of Lethal Weapon 4. Mm-hmm. You can still like it. I had a very uh, embarrassing <clears throat> date moment, though, seeing Lethal Weapon 4 in theaters, where okay. I was trying to... I was in high school. I was trying to impress the girl that I was with, and it was, like, one of those seats where, like... When you're not, when a butt's not on the seat, it flips up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I thought I was gonna be smooth and jump over the seat and then just land and like oh, go no. right on it. And I basically like hit like like butt bone yeah. like on the top of the seat uh, and it didn't fall down. Yeah. And then Oof. I fell to the ground and oh, I was just Jesus. like, <laughs> and I was just like, so you want popcorn? You want popcorn? <laughs> and I like tore my khaki pants probably, and I'm just like, oh, this didn't work out. At that all. whole thing is a metaphor for Lethal Weapon Four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so evolution, evolution. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'm gonna just jump real quick because I made mention of something that I like that David Duchovny says mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, um, and that is. They don't they don't do much with Julianne Moore. Like they do that thing where like she's beautiful and she's capable, so therefore she must be a klutz. Which was her idea, I read. Okay. And that's fine, but it's yeah. just it's such a like staple of every fucking Catherine Heigl romantic comedy or whatever, mm-hmm. where it's just like, I have a career. Well, I keep falling down. Well, how come I can't find a man? Yeah. Um and so much of her character is just predicated on like, does she or does she not fuck? Right? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. is she? Yeah, she needs to get laid. And, stuff like that. Yeah. and then she's like, no, I would be good if I got laid. And mm-hmm. it's so dumb. And near the end of the movie, she says, "I would have rocked your world." And it's fine. It's a cute line, whatever. And yeah. Duchovny's response is so great because it completely yep. removes all the sexuality from it. And he's like, "You already have." Mm-hmm. I loved it so much that I was like, this movie just won me over. Yeah. Not no, that it needed to. I was already enjoying it. But. Yeah. No. Yeah. Their um, interplay is cute. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And it starts in such a skeevy place because Orlando Jones is such a horn dog in the right. movie. Un- an uncomfortable horn dog. Well, because he's hitting on teachers. College or, students. Or college right. Students. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I thought it was funny, though, the detail that he's like, they say at the end that he's like one of the winningest, like, division three volleyball women's volleyball coaches in arizona and i just like the fact that he's good at his job and it's not like right because they set up the joke as like he's just this like sleazeball right but then at the end where it's just like no he's like the best one and i'm just like oh that's kind of a cool like detail i agree with that (laughs) yeah yeah volleyball's a hell of a game (laughs) (laughs) we were texting a little bit about the special effects yes do you think that they hold up Yes. Okay. Because this is like pretty early CG. Yes. Because 2001. If your special effects are disturbing, which I think the special effects of this movie are weirdly creepy <laughs> for a comedy, um, I think they hold up much better than if it was just like bad special effects from the right. early 2000s okay. and they're just kind of like simple stuff. Right. But like I the 
you know, the bird, the dino bird and like the slug thing out of the closets and stuff and like the bugs and everything. Yeah. They're very like the mist annihilation. Like if just placed in the proper context, this could be a real problem. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be. Yeah. We wanted this to be real dark and fucked up. Yeah. Like a sound of thunder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing fucked up was the box office. <laughs> And the dark was because they didn't even run the film because no one was in theater. <laughs> I don't love that they play that game. It's weird to think that I saw Evolution on 35mm. <laughs> I did too. It was so good. And the big theater at Barrington. Really? Yeah. I don't think I was in it. I might have been in a big theater. I can't remember. Yeah, it was in a big theater. Nice. It was like full too. Was it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. People were primed for any movie back then. I, well, I miss those days. I kind of do too. Yeah. I don't want to go to crowded theaters now. Right. But post pandemic, yeah, I miss like mm-hmm. being in an audience and of uh, people like and, excited to see a new movie. Yeah. Now it only happens if it's like opening day for like right. Marvel or DC or something. Right. Yeah. Which is part of why I was like thinking about the night before you will have already seen it so this won't work but the night before after this movie fest i, I was can like, always go a second time well no because i was like maybe we should go see i can always wait another day <laughs> no it's fine but i don't want to go opening night like with so many people to well, see the batman we could go to see a three-hour movie <laughs> studio 666 oh that's right we could go see the godfather and dolby digital is that playing too i don't know if it is when, oh, I, Batman might take its screens, but oh, like, I'm sure it will. February 25th, it's going to be like 50th anniversary Godfather and Dolby. I've Digital. never seen it theatrically. I've never seen it theatrically either. Yeah, yeah. I saw Godfather three theatrically I'm before jealous. I had ever seen any of the Godfathers. That was my introduction to the the saga. Was Godfather three? It must have been confusing. It probably was. I was yeah. young. Like, I was too this young is what for that everybody movie. Liked. Yeah, I was yeah. like 12, and yeah. I was like, "What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why is he old?" Yeah. Uh, whatever. Um, one thing I want to, uh, unless you were still on a point. No, go distracting. ahead. Um, so we're talking about evolution, obviously. Sean William Scott. Yeah. The Stifler persona. Yeah. Oddly malleable. Okay. I think it like, it's kind of the thing that I'm consistently impressed by when I'm revisiting like these two early 2000s comedies is just like. The Stifler persona works like in so many different ways, like different. You could put it in, you know, evolution. You could put it in road trip. You could put it in American pie and stuff like that. And it's like, it all feels right. And like, he's, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm a really big Sean William Scott fan. And I just wish that he kind of, he, he's done some interesting stuff. He kind of like has done, you know, the indie route, but like the, the, the last one, that like I love of his movies was Goon. Yeah, and Did you I ever just see Goon two. I never saw Goon two. Me, me either. Yeah, but I uh, and I never watched Lethal Weapon either. Yeah, but he's he's got so he's kind of got the Farley thing where it's just like there's a sweetness underlying right a lot of it, and it it gives him permission to get away with like right. the worst jock type humor. Right. Well, yeah. and he's not really doing that in evolution no he's just kind of playing like the dude where's my car guy yeah Yeah. where he's he's almost all just dumb sweetness Mm -hmm. uh and optimism and sincerity and that's what makes him an interesting counterbalance to some of the other but again there i wouldn't say that they're i don't think orlando jones and david duchovny are like really cynics the way that peter vankman was right yeah um they want credit and they've been burned before, you know, mm-hmm. especially Duchovny with his weird backstory. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, Which I feel like should be funnier. 
Like, I feel like they set it up to be yeah. this really, like, hilarious yeah. comedy beat. Yeah, it's not. And it just sort of kind of fizzles out. Yeah, it's just they describe some side effects and they're like, yeah, that would be awful. The side effects are pretty funny, though, like, as they go on and on and on and on, like, when they're All doing right. the deposition or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's just, it should be uproarious. There's a lot of stuff in the movie that probably should be a little funnier. Yeah. Given, again, the fact that this is an Ivan Reitman movie and he's yeah. trying to do Ghostbusters again. I wrote down the two things I laughed at the hardest Let's in have this it. movie. And it's like little things. That's one, okay. One is um, they're in court and Orlando Jones calls the judge your majesty. I remember that. I thought that was really sure. funny. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this whole thing where like – there's the alien bird in the mall, and Sean William Scott is just trying to like do these bird calling things. Yeah, and then after a long stretch of him doing that for like two minutes, and the joke just being dragged into yeah. the ground, Orlando Jones finally says, "I think we established that caca 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 and tuki tuki don't work." <laughs> that was a lot of the response when I put it on Twitter. Like evolution is yeah. underrated. A lot of people were referencing caca caca and tuki tuki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all in Orlando Jones' delivery, yeah. too. The oh, way sure. The way he yeah. says tookie tookie is really funny. And tookie tookie. Do not <laughs> exactly. <work>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is funny. I like that whole bird sequence. I do, too. It's good. It's, yeah. like, just a good set piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm less enthralled with, like, the whole conclusion. The yeah. pumping the head and shoulders and all that just feels a little bit uh, yeah. sweaty. I looked on my bottle of Head and Shoulders yesterday, yeah. and I did not see selenium in so there. So it's made up? Maybe. This is I think where it might have been in there at the time, and maybe yeah. it's not an active ingredient anymore. See, to me, the Moranis role was Ethan Supley and Donkey Lips. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah donkey. I forgot about them until oh, Donkey Lips. Donkey Lips, baby. Your shorts is such a good show. I haven't watched it in a long time. Well, but... I don't think anyone has. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be on. Uh... Paramount Plus or something, right? Don't they have Nickelodeon shows? Yeah, I'm sure they do. I don't subscribe. I don't either. Oh, my Lanta. Let's see. So I remember going to see, by the way, Sulu Shorts reference. I remember going to see, it was uh, Ozma and... and, and, you mean asthma? You I wish. Yeah, I went to see asthma. He, I went to see Ozma. Patrick was misdiagnosed for asthma <laughs> for a very long time. We didn't know what he was trying to say. Erica and I went to see Ozma and Not a Surf. And the opening band was this band, Rilo Kylie, that I had never heard of. And I was like, that's totally the fucking dude from Salute Your Shorts playing guitar. I can't believe that's what he's doing. He was? Yes. In Rilo Kylie? Yes. Which guy from Salute Your Shorts? Donkey Loops? No. Um, the guy from. Terminator like, Two, the, the smooth, no, Danny not Cooksey? Cooksey, no, the the he was like smooth. He was, was like the, the blonde kid with glasses. It wasn't him, was it? I mean, it was, I, his real name is like Blake Sennett, but I'm trying okay. to remember who he was on Salute Your Shorts. I'm going to look it up. Um, right. The whole point is, I missed the fact that the cute girl singing in Rilo Kylie was Jenny fucking Lewis. Well, she does look different than she did when she was a kid. But like I was had such a crush on her as a sure, kid. Like sure. I had such a crush on her. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until afterwards. We were walking out of the concert. I, we had a conversation at their merch table. She gave me a pen. We're walking away. Mm-hmm. And somehow I find out that it's Jenny Lewis. And Erica's like, yeah, you didn't realize that? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? That's almost better, though. Because you might, I have, agree. Like, I probably might have clammed been, up yes, a little bit. One hundred percent. I probably wouldn't have even gone up to the table mm-hmm. 
had I known. Um, mm-hmm. All right, hold on. I'm trying to find. I feel like he was only in later seasons. Oh, not Blake Senate. Blake Soper. I would need to see his face. Ronnie Pinsky. Pinsky sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, that guy. That okay. guy's got like a Jimmy DeBello thing going on a little bit. Like he, he's oh, a he good was, guy to he have was, on your He side. was Blake Senate in in Rilo Kylie, but he was Blake Soper on the show. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not a complete idiot. Uh and he was on He was on Boy Meets World also apparently. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like he does sound like a writer strong friend <laughs> or like a bully. No, he, he was, was one I think of the he was bullies, bullies, right? Yeah, he yeah. He, there were like two yeah. goons and he was a goon. I remember the thing I was trying to say about earlier evolution. about Drumline. <laughs> Here it is. Um, the acronym. HBCU. That was the acronym. Okay. Yeah. Historically Black Colleges. Got it. Yeah. That's why I was. That's why I meant. It's a very good movie showing that, that I, and I, you don't see that all, all that often. Yeah, right. Yeah. School days and School, Drumline. I yeah, think that's, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so that's you, everybody can rest now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I was like HSBC. I'm like, no, that's financial. <laughs> I'm so bad at acronyms. It's all right. Um, <clears throat> my favorite bit of trivia from Evolution is during the Linkley shooting in Page, Arizona, Dan Aykroyd entertained the local folk by carting guests at a bar, greeting people at Walmart, and visiting <laughs> locals for a cup of coffee in their homes. And then I wrote, "Dash, he's a hobbit?" Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> He is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I bet that meant a lot more to Dan Aykroyd than it did to the Maybe. locals at a certain point. Like, if a movie star came to your house, yeah. depending on which movie star it is, it's just like, hey, can I come in for a cup of coffee? I would I would <laughs> be like... Dan Aykroyd, so he's like, I, hey, yeah. come in for a cup of coffee? If Dan Aykroyd came to my apartment and was like, hey, can I come in for a cup of coffee? I'm just like... You got any sign up? I don't have a coffee maker. We can go downstairs and walk outside and walk to the nearby Starbucks. Sure. We can do that. Yeah. And then... At the point in time that I would like to abort this conversation, I will leave, <laughs> and you cannot follow me. What is the best, like, solo Ackroyd joint, like, oh, in terms of movies? You like, mean, like, where he's not part of an ensemble? Yeah, because, again, I think that would just be Ghostbusters. I'm to look now. Where Sneakers would be a good one, where he's, like, part of an ensemble. Bad shoe movie. What? Sneakers. Oh, got it. I was like, Elizabeth Shue is not in sneakers. <laughs> there are no bad Elizabeth no, Shue movies. No, of course not. You want to know why? Because they have Elizabeth Shue in them. <laughs> what about that one with her and Aaron Eckhart? Molly? Is it called Molly? I vaguely remember that. Was that Sarah Polly? One too? of them has special needs. Polly is Molly. Um, all right. <clears throat> Filmography, Aykroyd. Yeah. This is a show about evolution. This is a show about evolution. Um... All right. Love at First Sight, Mr. Mike's Mondo Video, 1941, The Blues Brothers, Neighbors, It Came from Hollywood, Dr. Detroit, I guess, would be a solo. Yeah. Trading Places, Twilight Zone, Ghostbusters, Temple of Doom, Nothing Lasts Forever, Into the Night, Spies Like Us, Dragnet, The Couch Trip, The Great Outdoors, Caddyshack 2, My Stepmother is an Alien, Driving Miss Daisy, Ghostbusters 2, Loose Cannons, Masters of Menace, My Girl, Nothing But Trouble, Chaplin, Sneakers, This Is My Life, Coneheads. Century of Cinema, Exit to Eden, My Girl 2. God, this guy's in a, bit, a lot of bad movies. Uh, yeah. North, Canadian Bacon, 
Casper, the random factor, Tommy Boy, oh, Rainbow. God, his Casper cameo is like the worst. <laughs> it is really bad. He he's, wouldn't even shave the mustache for it. stash off. Um, <laughs> Celtic Pride, Feeling Minnesota, My Fellow Americans, Getting Away with Murder, Sergeant Bilko, Gross Point Blank, Ants, Blues Brothers 2000, Susan's Plan, Diamonds, The House of Mirth, Loser, Stardom, The Curse of the Jade Scorpion, Evolution, The Frank Truth, On the Nose. We're only at 2001, people. <laughs> Pearl Harbor, Crossroads, Unconditional Love, Bright Young Things, Christmas with the Cranks, 50 First Dates, Intern Academy, I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, Short Cup to Happiness, The War Incorporated, Yogi Bear, The Campaign, The Ultimate Sacrifice, Behind the Candelabra, Legends of Oz, Dorothy's Return, Tammy, Get On Up, Pixels, Ghostbusters 2016, Cleaning Up the Town, Remembering Ghostbusters Documentary, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. So, so you said solo? Or? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in there where many. he's like part of it. No, he doesn't it's like a really two. It's it. like a two-hander yeah. with a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. I... I'm I'm excited for him being only three years away from Vic Frohmeyer and Christmas with the Cranks, because I feel like that's a fully realized comic creation. He's what the dad in Loser? Yeah, he's Biggs's dad. That's what I thought. Yeah, he plays a lot of because he's Britney's dad in in Crossroads, also, right? Yeah, and he's in, intimidated by her burgeoning sexuality. I've never seen Crossroads, but I know you have. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard the tale. Yeah. Heart's war. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, you brought up No Strings Attached. I did. This is a show about evolution. Um, I had an Ashton Kutcher story to tell you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is work-related. Okay. So, like, I work in, I'll say, the IT industry, and I'll leave it at that. So I work in the IT industry, so there's a lot of corporate events, and there's a lot of, like, events that like executives go to they're called like business councils and then like they come back and they tell you what happened and all this shit so um usually at some of at these events they get good guests like either public speakers or bands or comedians stuff like that so my vp goes to that stands for vice president acronyms um (laughs) my vp goes to one of these and he's just comes back and he's telling the team about it. And he's just like, you know, who is the public speaker? Ashton Kutcher. And he's an investor in a lot of tech. And you know what? I looked at him and I was just like, what does Ashton Kutcher know about technology? And you know what? After an hour, he knew a lot. And I was really impressed. And the girls liked him. <laughs> and then, like, it just kind of like was one of the, he took like a beat for too long. And we were just like, is he insanely jealous of Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> like, is this like the guy that he wishes he was? And like, then the rest of the and this is like this. Our VP was like a Marine and like just very like about himself and stuff. Like, cool guy. And then the whole time, like after that, we're just like, he so wishes he was Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Don't we all? But like every like wall to wall, he's just like he's married to Mila Kunis, and it's just like I. <laughs> What am I? What am I doing with my life? <laughs> my wonderful wife and two sons. This is bullshit. Every time he has a seizure, he changes the past. <laughs> he passes out IT information <laughs> like it's change in his candy in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love the postman. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned pixels, I was like, well, that seems mm-hmm. to be an Ivan Reitman joint. Yeah, but it's not. It's your boy Chris, Chris Columbus. Columbus. Yeah. Whose filmography would you rather have? Reitman like, or Columbus? If you could keep one, yeah. All right. So 
Luckily, I wrote down Reitman's filmography, and I got enough of Columbus in, on the brain okay. that I could do. All right, so Columbus's big ones, you got two Home Alones, two Harry Potters, Only the Lonely, um, Adventures in Babysitting, Pixels, love Nine you, Months. Cooper. I Love You, Beth Cooper. Um, Christmas Chronicles 2. Mrs. Doubtfire. MD. Um, so She's not a medical doctor. That's just, I'm abbreviating acronyms, mm-hmm, everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then Reitman, you got the highlights. You know, you got Ghostbusters. You got his Schwarzenegger trilogy of twins, Kindergarten Cop and Junior. You got Dave. You got Draft Day, Six Days, Seven Nights, Cannibal Girls, Stripes, Legal Eagles, uh, Father's Day, My Super Ex Girlfriend. Oh, that's the other. I was going to say um, Draft Day. If I didn't mention it, Junior. I was going to say that Junior is the only Reitman I've never seen, mm-hmm. but. I forgot my super ex girlfriend, yeah. which I've also never seen. I've seen like thirty minutes of it, and I yeah. think I turned it off. Okay, um, I yeah, it's like worst Hancock if you can imagine, which is <laughs> <laughs> unfathomable. <laughs> um, I I think Reitman's is better, yeah. but like I would rather watch a lot of Columbus movies. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I like it. Yeah. Um. Evolution. Yeah. So Ted Levine is the bad guy. Sure. And it's not his fault, but I don't like this type of bad guy in movies, especially in comedies where it's like the stick up his ass right. military the, presence. The military stooge. Like that's I don't know. I just it, it there's so many like archetypes. It's not just the the evil general thing. But there's so many archetypes in movies that are meant to be in there just so, like, a story has conflict. But, mm-hmm. like, nobody likes them. Right. right so right. it's just, like, right. it's weird. It's, like, is the utility of having them as an obstacle, is that better than actively annoying your audience right. for, for two-thirds of a movie just to have, you know, some kind of plot thread? Well, I remember that's why Ebert Especially gave- in comedy. Ebert gave Die Hard two stars yeah. because he was so frustrated with the Paul Gleason character whose yeah. only job was to be wrong every yeah. time he speaks. And that's the exact same thing. It's like nobody likes that character. It doesn't bother yeah. me in Die Hard. Like I, I, It's amazing, too, that like that movie has two of them with Atherton and Gleason. Right. And right. it's like if you were to ask somebody about Die Hard, like – that would be like number 30 and yeah. 31 thing that they talk about. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um the the military stooge, is it a step forward from Walter Peck of the EPA? <laughs> I think Walter Peck is more interesting as I a agree. character. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Cuz there's something Walter Peck is more identifiable as like He's the guy in high school that everybody made fun of, and right. then you like kind of get lulled into being like, "Stop being so mean to him." But then you have a conversation with him, and you're just like, "Oh, this guy's a monster! Like, fuck him! Like, I don't care." But then it comes back to bite you in the ass years later. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Ted Levine though was all like, "I don't know. May I please see the storage facility, Mister Benjamin?" <laughs> I like it. He's just like, this is maybe the last chance these kids get to see their family on TV. (laughs) Housekeeper. Mr. Monk. Anyway. Yeah. I'm also in 
Fast and the Furious the same month. Yeah, wow. Evolution. What a big year he had. Big month for me. <laughs> wow. He's like, I don't know. Um, he's just he like, you going run. native on me, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines of the entire Fast Saga is you going native on me, Brian. <laughs> it's uh, racist. It is but ra- in 2001, it was like people didn't know better. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. Oh, so excited about Fast 10 and 11. Oh, have they officially stop. been announced now? I think they're, they have release dates and oh, things good. like that. Oh, good. Good. 10 and 11. Enough already. Starring Jason Momoa. It's like one of those like part one, part two things. Oh, good. No. I can't wait for half of a Fast and Furious <laughs> movie. Yeah. Uh, Where, like, the thing that's supposed to rock the family to their core is, like, Ramsey dies or something. And it's just like, who gives a fuck? Right? Ramsey. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm very checked out of that series. Yeah, I am, too. I don't know. It's the the thing that ruined the series, like, the the hinge where, like, it, it completely broke is not Paul Walker's death. It's Fast and Furious, the ride at Universal Studios. I've still never written it. Oh my god! You need to go on it because it's <laughs> like you you'll you'll have to write it twice just to be like, did that happen? <laughs> Which is the compliment that every ride wants. Um, yeah. All right. Let's see. So the so you re- recently watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. You know that little slug thing that comes out of the closet in Evolution. Yeah. Isn't that just Muncher from Ghostbusters Afterlife? Probably. It's like looks like the same thing. They just painted it a different yeah, color. Yeah, I don't like Muncher. Why? Yeah, I know. And I also <laughs> don't really like the thing that comes out of the closet because it plays that game that you're just waiting for it to do. Where it's like, yeah. and then it's cute, and then the really scary thing happens, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, all right, we got it. We know that this was exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, it's the library ghost. Like, mm-hmm. okay, very good. Thank you, Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Evolution. Everybody. Evolution, everybody. Um Sarah Silverman scene, that's another scene where I feel like it should be funnier. Like that should yes. be like really funny, but like yeah. it just is kind of funny. It's not even that funny. No. <laughs> Anyways. I I I feel like I'm doing nothing but criticizing this movie. It's like, hard to talk overall, about comedy. I like it. Well, like, that's the thing. It's hard to talk about comedies. Yeah. Like because if you like it, it's like, oh, it's funny. I like those people. Yeah, it just has a vibe that I like. I like yeah. I like special effects comedies, even when they're not entirely successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, before you say, like, but what about Ghostbusters Afterlife? That movie's not a comedy. Yeah. Um, there are not that many special effects comedies, and there's, Class like, reunion more three than that are successful. It's, yeah. like, Ghostbusters, Men in Black, Galaxy Quest. Evolution. And Evolution. Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Um, uh, I wrote it's we. I now I'm just going through the bottom of my notes. Okay, it's weird. Duchovny didn't have sex thirty times during this movie. That's what I wrote down. He absolutely did. He's an addict. Yeah, but he just like looks like sex. <laughs> like he just looks like he's he, got like frosted tips in this movie. Well, everybody had frosted True, tips. True, it was 2001. By the I way, I had frosted tips for about six hours. Did you? Yeah, I never did. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, speaking of frosted tips. Mm-hmm. A lot of the movie Father's Day hinges on the band Sugar Ray. Yeah. But they're like a punk band in that movie. They're not like a, 
Every morning, there's a hello, hello. Shut the door, baby. Don't say a word. <laughs> they're like a, a full-on like punk band, and I think I like them in that mode better. Sugar Ray got ruined for me early by Father's Day by opening their mouth. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but um, they really got ruined for me because, like, I remember one time, uh, he who shall not be named son said like i was at a convention with sugar ray and mark mcgrath and boy did the ladies line up for sugar ray and i was just like ew (laughs) (laughs) like the whole thing was just like i just can't handle this and when i say who should not be named i'm talking about kevin klein everybody kevin klein (laughs) (laughs) Um, owen klein yeah yeah um and then oh we didn't talk about this yet, but I think this is almost like burying the lead. One of the final evolutions is Congo yeah, gray totally gorillas. Is. Yeah, well, that's what was reminding me of A Sound of Thunder. Yeah. Like, that's they go full on monkey mode in that movie, too. If I saw that they turned into the gray gorillas from Congo, I yeah. would just let them have the planet. <laughs> Because it's just like, I don't have lava to kill them with. I don't right. have, like, an Amy, like, the gorilla laser gun to shoot them with. Right. What do you do? Yeah. Head and shoulders. Head and shoulders is the answer, and it's pretty uninteresting. Yeah. Just even being out in the middle of the desert, I recognize that's where the movie takes place. But, like, when you think about the end of Ghostbusters with, like, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man on top of a New York skyscraper, and there's, you know, mm-hmm. thousands of people down below, and... There's so much that's like visually interesting about that, and here they're just like mm-hmm. pumping a blob full of shampoo, and it's like, well, yeah. it's not Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but when he said like the thing about like the aliens in Arizona, it made me think of like JP Dominion again. Okay. And you know how like the big conceit of this movie is like the dinosaurs are intermixed with people, now. right? They need all right. They need to have some kind of variation of this type of sequence in it where it's we're outside playing basketball Mm -hmm. or doing something outside and there's a raptor just standing there. And what do we do? Yeah. Like, does he got next? (laughs) Like, what do we do? But like, that's like, there's such like a primal element that I think like. I hope the movie doesn't lose track of it and will. just like I'm sure it will. <laughs> Don't but worry. like it's there's such like a primal element of it of like there's these scary ass creatures. Right. Like even if they're not doing anything, it's just like what do we do? Right. Like I don't we shouldn't be together. How much do you think it's going to build on the um clone person? I say none. I say, I say none it too. It has nothing to do with the I plot. almost think they're going to treat it like she's just a human. Okay. Or I hope she dies right away. <laughs> is she in the movie? Yeah. Okay. I don't I think remember she, seeing I her. I did in the see trailer. her in the trailer. Okay. But um but she looked like she aged and clones I don't think are supposed to age. Oh interesting. Do they? I don't know. I don't Was know. that like when they clone sheep, do are they supposed to get older? I don't know. I think so. Because no. they're not like mm-hmm. fully grown, right? Like Yeah. I want them to be like What's a show about evolution. <laughs> I kinda want like John Lone, you know John Lone from like the Shadow and Year of the Dragon. Yeah. I want him to show up and like cut off Clone Girl's head and be like, there can be only one. And he's like, is he a Highlander? And it's like, no, he's the Lone Clone. Wow. And lone then clone. Like, the Lone Clone. And then like everybody's just like, wow, I never expected Highlanders <laughs> mash up with Jurassic Park. Yeah. Kind of IP and I love it. <laughs> ba da ba ba ba. It's IP. 
Um, all right. So I wrote a couple of categories of like better or worse than these. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. So, all right. Better evolution, better or worse than these Ivan Reitman movies. Oh shit. Okay. okay evolution or Foxy Lady. That was his debut. I never saw it. Cannibal Girls. Uh, better. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, meatballs. I'm really struggling with this one. Okay. It's been a long time since I saw Meatballs, but I used to really like it. Okay. It's got Bill Murray going for it. Mm hmm. It's got Chris Makepeace. Mm hmm. Uh,. I'll say it's not as good as Meatballs. Okay. Um, evolution or Stripes? Weirdly enough, Evolution, because rewatching Stripes, that movie is a kind of a train wreck. Like, yeah. the first half is pretty decent, where it's just like, here, slackers in the military, and what's going to happen next? And then there's like a whole sequence at the end of the movie where mm -hmm. like they go to war. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it's better than Stripes. Okay. Evolution or Ghostbusters? Uh, hold on. Let me think about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one corrects all the mistakes <laughs> of the other. And that's one is the best comedy ever made. Yeah. Um, okay. Evolution or legal eagles. Now we're getting to the nitty gritty. Yeah, here. this is tough. Yeah. If I had to watch one of them right now, I'd probably watch legal eagles. Okay. Evolution or twins. Twins is not great. Can I just say Twins is not great? Twins is pleasant. I haven't seen it in a very long time. It is pleasant, yeah. and it has a fantastic Arnold Schwarzenegger performance. Yeah. He's so funny and, like, winning in that movie. And Danny DeVito is fine. He's doing what Danny DeVito is hired to do. So are you team kindergarten cop of the trilogy? I think so. Okay. Again, having never seen Junior. But, yeah, yeah. if I had to watch one yeah. of the three, it's going to be kindergarten cop. Okay. Um, Evolution or Ghostbusters 2? Evolution. Evolution or Kindergarten Cop? Kindergarten Cop. Evolution or Dave? Dave. Evolution or... The, the juror? Oh, Junior. Never saw it. Okay. Evolution or Father's Day? Evolution. Evolution or Six Days, Seven Nights? Evolution. Evolution or My Super Ex-Girlfriend? Never saw it. Evolution or No Strings Attached? No Strings Attached. Evolution or Draft Day? Draft Day. Okay. All right. Now... Um, Evolution features the song Bombshell by Power Man 5000. Of course it does. Better or worse than these movies that also feature a song by Power Man 5000. <laughs> Evolution or Excess Baggage? Evolution. Evolution or Dead Man on Campus? Dead Man on Campus. Evolution or Titan AE? Evolution. Evolution or Little Nicky? Evolution. Evolution or Dracula 2K? Evolution. Evolution or The Glass House? Never saw it. Evolution or Zoolander? Evolution. Evolution or Extreme Ops? Never saw it. Okay. All right. People are going to be mad that I picked it over Zoolander, but... I haven't uh, seen Zoolander in I a I got to be me, time. everybody. Yeah. It's the movie that made it safe to laugh again. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else on Evolution? Nope. Let's do your other thing. Okay. I got things, people. <laughs> he does. I got... Yeah. Thank you for humoring my mental illness. <laughs> um... Okay, so I got in in celebration of uh, 1996. Yeah, I bought up. a That's couple of <laughs> I bought a couple of old movie magazines that I had in the mid 90s, and one of my favorite things about them was there would always have a section at the back of 
exclusive previews of films in development. Yeah. And sometimes these movies would never happen. And that was the best part was just like there'd be a director attached, a star, a concept, and then the movie just never happened. So I'm going to name these to Patrick. There's about 10 in total. Okay. And I want to see if you would green light or shut these productions down oh, if you boy. were an exec. Okay. okay. I thought I was going to have to say if they were better or worse than Evolution. No, we've already we've, we've <laughs> done that. We've gone to Power Man 5000. Um, okay. Kiss Me Deadly. The remake? players, yeah, remake. Okay, the players, TBD. <laughs> the director, Michael Mann. Oh boy. The plot, a remake of the quintessential Philip Marlowe film noir based on the novel by Raymond Chandler. In it, Marlowe is hired by a client whose murder leads him to a dark doings and deadly women. So, would you greenlight a Michael Mann kiss me deadly? Fuck yeah. Okay, the Mark of Zorro, same star, but directed by Robert Rodriguez and not Martin Campbell. I really like the Martin Campbell one. Mm -hmm. So by greenlighting this, do I erase the Martin Campbell one? You do. Then yeah. no, I'm then I'm shit canning this. Okay, Planet of the Apes remake. Yeah, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, um, produced by Oliver Stone. Yeah, directed by Chris Columbus. Oh, <laughs> I thought Oliver Stone was supposed to direct it. Uh, it just says produced. It had me until Chris Columbus was going to direct. Uh, but it's got to be more interesting than the one we got, so I'll yeah. greenlight it. They were a little skeptical about it. It says the Austrian shoots the Austrian suits up for Oliver Stone produced remake of the much loved Simeon classic. Will crowd pleasing director Columbus's vision of the ape epic be too kitschy and cool? <laughs> yeah, which I always accused. Will a Chris Columbus movie be, <laughs> be too, too cool? cool? <laughs> um, okay, Sandblast, uh, directed by David Carson. And starring Wesley Snipes, no. the plot is Snipes was set to play a desert demolition expert sent to retrieve a nuclear missile from terrorists. But word is that this project has fallen apart due to difficulties in securing appropriate desert locations to shoot in. There's a lot of desert guys. I just think you maybe didn't <laughs> Too hard to find hard. the desert. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't find enough sand. We got to shut it down. <laughs> Uh, McConaughey calls up. He's like, I worked on Sahara. I need a little help. <laughs> um, the flick has gone from being a highlight of Warner's fall schedule to a probable no-go. Oh, damn it. So would you would you push forward on Sandblast? Look yeah, for those I locations? I would. Okay. The Sun Chaser, starring Woody Harrelson and directed by Michael Camino. Um, hoping to forget his time as a passenger on Money Train. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Harrelson plays a terminally ill criminal on the run from the law in this action drama. Director Camino is best known for helming one of Hollywood's biggest flops, Heaven's Gate. First which of all, I disagree Heaven's with. Gate rules. And also, he's best known for The Deer Hunter. Yes, he is absolutely best known for The Deer Hunter. But I don't think I'm greenlighting that movie. Okay. I don't, I'm not into terminally ill stories uh woody harrelson not enough of a draw for me mm -hmm. michael Cimino's best days were definitely behind him um post heaven's gate um so no okay crusade yes already arnold, yes. arnold schwarzenegger verhoven directed baby. by verhoven oh boy I like how they're just like, it looks like this 100 million dollar medieval epic i'm like yes <laughs> yes anyways um okay North Star stars Christopher Lambert and James Kahn, directed by Nils Gaup, um, which 
if you're coming down with Nils Gaup, yeah, you, should you might have to see to somebody, yeah, see a physician. Um, the plot, in this turn-of-the-century Alaskan adventure, Lambert plays an outdoorsman who tries to fend off a greedy miner played by James Caan. I don't love turn-of-the-century Alaskan adventure. Those words don't <laughs> immediately uh, grab me, yeah. but... A Christopher Lambert movie in like yeah. in ninety six? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I need it. Um Okay, The Phantom, directed by Joe Dante. Joe Dante, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh take away the one we have though. Yeah. I'm gonna say no, because his whole thing was to do it as a comedy. Yeah. And I like the sincerity of the one that we got. I would agree with that. All right, last two. Um A Simple Plan, um, directed by John Dahl. But <laughs> that's a no-brainer. <laughs> uh, it stars Nicolas Cage. Oh Jesus! No, because I don't want to take away the one we got. Okay, but I'm into a John Dahl, Nicolas Cage, Red mm-hmm. Rock, Red Rock West reunion. Yeah, I am too. Uh, and then last, and probably least, um, the Royal Way, directed by Andre Konchalowski. Um, the plot it's a sequel to the Cowboy Way. No, but oh. it stars Kiefer Sutherland and okay. Richard Harris. <laughs> All right. Oh, um, no, Richard Harris is a deal breaker for me. And it says intrigue and tribal warfare in 1920s Southeast Asia, based on a book by French writer Andre Melrose. Um, shit, damn it, fuck. <laughs> uh, no, I am not greenlighting that movie because I would not go see it. On the back, you could buy a Super Nintendo, Genesis, Game Boy, or Game Gear uh, licensed. Uh, true lies video game yeah but you still can't get true lies uh on blu-ray an anamorphic dvd or on blu-ray no who needs it yeah not me no not Mm me uh anything else about evolution or no i'm just i'm just i'm just here you know (laughs) just living my life these are these are moments and i'm glad that you captured a few of them well, thank you guys very much for listening. Remember that we have F This Movie Fest coming up on March 5th. Go to fthismovie.com for all of the details. But we're watching six movies from 1996, six movies that got made, including The Phantom, mm-hmm. made by Simon Windsor, not the Joe Dante version. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be a blast. And uh, next week we will be back with our 1996 show. Me and Erica will be doing our top tens of that year. Oh, nice. You yeah. did, did, when did you start? Which year did you start when you were doing the... 87, I feel like. Oh, well, we're like not doing our new list. We're just doing oh, our top 10s. Okay. We gotcha, we started gotcha. doing this for F This Movie Fest back when we did like 87, I think. Oh, okay. Got it. That was me and Doug. And Doug and I did maybe two years, and then Erica and I have done it. But uh, Erica and I started doing redoing our lists in 2000. Nice. Like, we started with 2000. We're up to 2005. We still need to do it, but mm-hmm. it just requires watching too many goddamn movies. It's a lot of movies. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you guys very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.